Atmosphere Church podcast. On behalf of all of us here at Atmosphere, thank you for downloading or streaming this service. We pray that it will touch your heart and change your life. In addition to bringing you today's service, we want to make ourselves available to you in any way we can. If you need prayer or just someone to talk with, please send us an email to info at atmosphere.church. Someone from our team will be sure to connect with you. We have already prayed for you that today's message would speak directly to your heart and empower you to live the life God has called you to live. Enjoy the message. Pastor Jim started last week a series in the book of Philippians. If you didn't hear last week's message, it was really good. And I would encourage you to go online, the podcast, because Jim did an excellent job. But the theme that we're looking at throughout the book of Philippians is the theme of joy. And one of the values of Atmosphere Church, and Pastor Jim talks about it a lot, is the value of we want to be lovers of God, lovers of people. We want to pursue excellence in our lives and choose joy. Lovers of God, lovers of people, pursue excellence and choose joy. And that is, there's a passage in the Old Testament that says, the joy of the Lord is our strength. I just remembered something. If I don't do this, I'm going to be in trouble. I've got to start a timer. Because, all right, I'm going to set this lower. (laughs) Okay. In Hebrews, there's a passage that says this. Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured even the cross. For the joy set before him. What was the joy that was set before Jesus that actually compelled him to come to earth? We're going to unpack this in Philippians. But to come to earth and to give his life, die a horrible death. Of course, crucified, died, buried, three days later, rose again. Amen? That's the important part. Ascended. Here's another really good piece of information to keep in mind because we need to be encouraged. He's coming back soon. Amen? And it might be, I don't know, this world's getting so crazy, it might be sooner than we sometimes think. But it says in Hebrews, Jesus, for the, let us fix our faith on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him. You know, you know what that joy was? It was you. The joy that compelled Jesus to humble himself and be born in the filth of a stable. It's not like those Christmas cards that make it look so appealing that you almost want to have your next child in a a stable. You know, warm atmosphere, the ambiance and the, the cute little, it stunk. Have you ever been in a barn? That's where the Lord of glory was born. But why did he do it? For the joy set before him. What was the joy? It was you. The love of our heavenly father was so profound, it actually compelled him to do what was necessary to take a broken humanity that was lost and rescue them. You were the source of the joy that compelled the Lord Jesus to that place. And so we're going to look at this whole thing. Let me read the passage in Philippians And then we'll begin. I'm going to read the whole passage. You sit back and relax. Of course, my Bible app just rebooted. There we go. Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 and following. 
the Apostle Paul says. If there is any encouragement in Christ, if there is any comfort, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if there is any affection and compassion, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, maintaining the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind regard one another as more important than yourselves. Do not merely look out for your own personal interests, but also for the interest of others. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God, profound, something to be clung to or grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And for this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and those who are on earth and those who are under the earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is is Lord to the glory of the Father. It's interesting to me, the apostle begins talking to the disciples in the church of Philippi. And I'm going to just kind of sum it up kind of quickly. You have to understand, for a pastor to say anything's going to be kind of quick is a qualified statement, but be that as it may. The apostle Paul says this to the saints. The word saint means believer. Our Roman Catholic friends have embellished it a little bit, but for us, the word saint in the scripture means believer. So if you are a believer in Christ, you are a saint. But the apostle Paul says to the believers in Philippi, is there any encouragement in Christ? Is there any, these are rhetorical questions, comfort in Christ? Is there any love and compassion in Christ? Is there any fellowship of the Spirit? So let's think about that. Those of you who are followers of Jesus, this question's for you. Some of you, maybe a friend invited you and you don't even know what we're all about. God bless you. I can appreciate that. But those of you who are followers of Christ, have you ever been encouraged by him? Yeah. Speak out. Say amen. amen. Yeah, yeah. Have you ever been comforted? Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you feel alone, but you felt the presence and the fellowship of the Lord Jesus? Yeah. Ha have you ever felt his love? Yeah. These things are profound. These things are profound. And the apostle, he's reminding the church, because you know what? We as people, we leak. We can get filled up with good things and we go through, you know, the week and suddenly the, the reservoir kind of goes down a little bit. And I think that's by God's design because he wants that to compel us to go back to him, spend time. God loves seeing you. You have to understand that. God loves spending time with you. It doesn't mean that you have to be on your knees for hours every day. But how do you relate or how, let me, maybe I should qualify that. In a healthy marriage, how does a healthy marriage relate? You know, sometimes you have casual discussion. You're just talking, nothing profound. And, and then sometimes you have deeper discussion. You have to deal with some issues that have to be taken on, and, and they can be challenging, and you might even have differences of opinion. And then in a healthy marriage, sometimes there's a profound intimacy. 
It's a whole wide range. You know what? In your relationship with the Lord, it's the same thing. I spend more time in prayer this way, just talking to God, walking around. Prayer is just talking to God. The majority of my prayer time is just going through the day, and, you know, it might be, wow, Lord, what a beautiful day. Oh, Lord, it's going to get hot. i got to be concerned about the people who are listening. You know, just discussion. Other times I'll find myself, and you'll find yourself in a difficult situation, and you're having to wrestle with God. Lord, I don't like this. I don't understand. Things aren't going the right way. Anybody ever feel that? Of course we have. That's life. And then there are those times where it's just a special, special, close intimacy between you and your father. It might be during worship on a Sunday. It might be driving down the road in your car and you're just singing songs to the Lord. This is a picture of a healthy relationship. And the Apostle Paul is reminding the saints of Philippi, hey, remember, there's encouragement in Christ. A little later on in Philippians, it says this, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many of you know that verse? In its context, okay, in its context, the Apostle Paul was saying, I have learned how to get by with a lot of stuff, be abundantly provided for, but he's saying this. Also, I have learned to get by when I almost don't know where my next meal's coming from. I, he's saying, can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's the context. But the truth, the principle, is applicable in a multitude of ways. God has gifted you and called you in either a secular fashion or, if you will, a sacred fashion. And one's not more important than the other. We are all called by God to do different things. And God has placed in you and in me by his spirit and by his providence what we need to do and be the man or the woman he's called us to be. That's important to know. And so if God's called me to do something in particular, and and it's true, I'm right, and I'm convinced of it, he's also provided the wherewithal whereby I can accomplish that. Now, I might not see it right now. There might be a level of faith involved, but God has provided. A little later on in Philippians, it says this, and no doubt you're familiar with this if you're a student of the Bible. It says, be anxious for nothing. (laughs) How you doing? I saw a meme the other day online. I thought it was profound. It said, stop watching the news and go love your neighbor. Have any of you been, like, fighting anger, depression, all manner of strange things because of what's going on in the world? We all have. But the the Apostle Paul, by the inspiration of the Spirit, says, Phil, be anxious for nothing. But then he tells us how. And I don't want to unpack this verse extensively because no doubt Pastor Jim will in a few days and he'll get mad at me saying, hey, why are you stealing my thunder? But be anxious for nothing. In all things, he's showing us how this works. In all things, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. The way of finding a place of peace Well, I should quote that whole passage. Be anxious for nothing, but in all things by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God that passes comprehension will guard your heart and mind. I am, by nature, a worrier. I know some of you might be saying, Phil, that's a negative confession. No, that's honest. I am a worrier by nature. Now, I don't worry as much as I used to be by the grace of God. But the Lord would say to me, Phil, 
Remember, pray and, and, and draw near to me. Be anxious for nothing but by prayer and supplication. And be thankful. Have you ever met a thankful person? One of those people who they just always seem to be in a good mood. They always appreciate. Their cup is full. You know, my cup, if left to my own devices, is half empty on a good day. Now, I, I don't go around like that. That's if I, if I wasn't walking in Christ. That's where I would be. But when you meet someone who's thankful, you usually meet someone who's full of joy. And the scripture says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's easy for us, especially in days like today, to just see the ugly, the difficult, the nations coming and done, or the streets are burning down, or whatever it is. But the scripture says, let your mind dwell on whatever is good, whatever is holy, whatever is wholesome, whatever is uplifting. We have to take our eyes off of what the world is feeding us 24 hours a day and focus on those things. God, the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and what can I do for my neighbor? So the passage goes on. Let me read it. See the shade? It's protecting my iPad. Maybe it won't go out like Pastor Jim has been struggling with. The scripture goes on and says this in Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Paul saying to the saints, he says, Make my joy complete. Now, Paul was their spiritual father. And he's saying to them, Make my joy complete. And then he says, How? By being like minded, having the same love being one in spirit and one of mine. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others as more important than yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. The apostle says, be like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit. There was a division that was starting to take place in the church of Philippi. People having different opinions. Can I share something with you? God wants us to walk in unity, but that doesn't mean uniformity. If we had to walk in uniformity, you would all have to be wearing this shirt. You know? You would all look like this, and that might not be your goal. God loves diversity. Look at around us, all the different people, all different sizes, different gifts, different capacities, different ages. You look at the plants. It never ceases to blow my mind if I take a walk and I just look at all the magnificent diversity. God loves variety. He loves diversity. He does not need another fill. Last thing in the world the world needs is another fill. But you know what the world does need? It needs Phil to become the man that God's called me to be. And he wants to grow me up. And I haven't arrived, but by God's grace, I'm pressing on. And hopefully, I'm going, as that passage says elsewhere, from glory to glory, becoming more and more and more the man that Jesus wants me to be. He wants us to be able to walk in unity and also esteem diversity. And we've seen in the last few weeks the, the ugliness of the injustice when it comes to racial, racial diversity. And you, oh gosh, the thing that makes me so crazy is, is politics. And, and some of you feel that this is the way it should be. And others of you feel that this is the way it should be. It's okay for you to have your opinions, but let's be united in Christ. Let's be united in Christ. Everybody doesn't have to look like you or me talk like you or me, have the same convictions. The only thing that I'll go to the wall for, as far as I'm concerned, my wife and I have talked about these things many times. 
This is what I'll go to the wall for. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, died for the sin of the world, was buried. Three days later, rose again. Amen. Forty days later, he ascended, and he's coming back. Now, within the context of the faith, there are all sorts of doctrines. And you and I probably disagree on some. And you're probably right. I'm probably wrong. But it's okay. You might think that the right way to baptize is immersion. My, my Presbyterian friends will say the right way to baptize is sprinkling. Just get baptized. It's an expression of our faith in the Savior. I know a church, I know of a church, that split over whether the baptismal, are you ready for this, should be heated or not. Let me tell you, the pastor thought it should be heated. I've done some baptisms in some pools where it was freezing. And I was there, you know, the person who gets baptized, I don't mean like we've been doing here. This, it was a cold winter day, and the pool was like, I don't know, maybe 55 degrees. And this is as big as I've ever been. This is as much fat as I've ever had. And I'll tell you, I was in that pool for over an hour, and I was shaking, and I finally got out, and I'm changing, and someone knocks on the bathroom door and says, Pastor Phil, one more person wants to be baptized. I almost died. I went, oh, no. God encourages us to work for unity. Let me, so I don't go on indefinitely this way. Here's a quote I came across. I forget who, who I'm quoting here, so forgive me. I've got to go in the shade so I can see it. I love this, though. It says, if I consider you above me, and you consider me above you, then we have a community where everyone is looking up to each other and no one is looking down on another. See, we're supposed to esteem others as more important than ourselves. And so if I consider you more important than me, and in like fashion, you consider me more important than you, then we're all looking up to people, and no one's looking down on people. And I can just hear someone saying to themselves, yeah, but how about the person that doesn't reciprocate? You just be about the Father's business. You just be about the Father's business and do what God's called you to do and trust that God will take care of the way. rest. Unity. I remember once I was having a discussion Some of you have the experience when you were young in the Lord, you knew everything. Any of you remember that? I, I had answers for everything when I was a young believer. When I was three years old in the Lord, I had it all worked out. Now I've been walking with Christ for like 45 years or so, and I'm amazed how much I don't understand. I guess that's wisdom. But I was having an argument with this guy, and when the guy left, it didn't go all that well. I wasn't feeling real great about it. And I had a vision. Now you have to understand... I didn't even believe in visions, okay? And I had this vision. I'm going to tell you this vision I had. And when I tell this vision, I can see it in my mind's eye. That's how poignant it is. This guy left, and I walked from the living room to the dining room, which in our little apartment was about four steps. And suddenly, in my mind's eye, I saw literally, well, literally, you know, I saw in my mind's eye clearly me dressed up like a cowboy, 
I had a cowboy hat, and I had cowboy clothes, and I wasn't wearing a pink shirt, and I had the, the boots, and I had two, not one, two, six shooters. And they were out like this, and smoke was coming off the barrels. And suddenly the Lord spoke to me in this vision, and here's what he said. Phil, put away your guns. I have not called you to explain how I do everything. I've called you to proclaim that I've done everything. And it was a profound word that I have never forgotten because I was arguing doctrine, arguing doctrine. I think doctrine is very important, by the way, but it's okay in some positions for you to feel one way and someone else to feel another. The greatest gift is the gift of love. The scripture says love covers a multitude of sin, right? If it covers a multitude of sin, it should certainly cover me having a disagreement on some menial doctrinal issue with a brother or sister. But I was so pugnacious, I liked to fight. So the Apostle Paul goes this way. He says, is there comfort in Christ? Is there love in Christ? Is there fellowship in Christ? On and on. And then he says, but be united. Be united, one spirit, one heart, one love. Esteem others as more important than yourselves. And then he gives this poignant example. In this next passage of Scripture, if you're a student of the Bible, I would strongly encourage you. I, you know, I know a lot of us don't like to memorize. This one you should memorize. It says this, the next passage. Have this attitude in yourselves. Now, remember what Paul's been saying. He's been saying, be humble. Don't be contentious, etc. And he says now to the saints, to you, to me, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard his equality with God something to be grasped or clung to. But he emptied himself out to the point of becoming a man. And not just that, but dying on the cross. I paraphrase the last part, but be that as it may. Now, you might not know it, but that's a, a, a Christmas passage. It speaks about the incarnation. The word incarnation comes from the Latin, incaro, which means in the flesh. God, think about this, God Almighty, we can't even look at the sun. And that's just one of billions and billions of stars. God Almighty who spoke, in the beginning God spoke and cast the incredible creation. He humbled himself. He humbled himself and became a servant. The apostle Paul is saying, in essence, we as followers of Christ should humble ourselves and become servants. And the last portion of that passage says that a time is coming. And the, the worship band, you can start to come on up if you'd like. The last portion of that passage says a time is coming where every knee will bow. Every knee. Not just those who want to. Every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess both in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. That's profound. I think the most profound question for me that's ever been asked 
is this question. Jesus in Matthew chapter 16, he asked this question of the disciples. He said, who do men say that I am? Who do men say that I am? And the disciples answered, well, some say you're Elijah, or some say you're John the, uh, the prophet, or one of the other prophets come back to life. And then Jesus looked at them, and in your mind's eye, imagine Jesus looking at you right now, just face to face. And he said, but who do you say that I am? I think that's the most important question that will ever be asked and ever be answered. And Peter responded, you are the Christ, the chosen one. You are the Christ, the Messiah. The question is, who do you say that he is? Those of you who love the Lord, we are the admonition of this passage of Scripture is, I want to make the joy of my spiritual fathers complete. I want to walk in love. And I walk, want to walk in unity. And I don't want to be contentious and fighting all this, this unimportant stuff. I want to feed the hungry. That's the gospel. I want to care for the hurting and the sick. I want to humble myself. Because it says in Hebrews, if we humble ourselves in due time, Christ will exalt us. And if you've never, though, if you've never, though, just said, Lord, I want to just surrender. We're living in crazy times, and it could get darker. And I want to encourage you to say yes to the Lord Jesus. You don't have to pray a certain formula prayer. But right where you are, if you're inclined, you can just simply say, Lord, forgive me. I believe that you are the Lord and that you died for my sin. I don't understand everything, Lord, but here I am. Let's stand and we'll worship in just a minute. Go ahead. and Father, I want to pray that you would take just these words of encouragement and bring them home to each and every one of us, myself included that we would have this attitude in ourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. We surrender to you, Lord, and pray that you would be exalted. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for tuning in today to another great message from Atmosphere Church. If this message has spoken to your heart, would you take a moment and share it with your friends? You can connect with us on Spotify, iTunes podcast, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Simply do a search for Atmosphere Church through these various platforms and then click the follow or subscribe buttons. It's another great way for us to be able to stay connected with you. If you live in the Southern California area, we would love to invite you to be part of our family. For more information about our church, go to our official webpage at www.atmosphere.church. Finally, if this service and our other resources bless you, would you consider giving back to Atmosphere Church to support not just these things, but to also support the creation of even more resources for you and really for others who are also desiring to grow in their faith? 
To make a donation, simply go to our website and click on the tab that says Give. Your gift of any amount is greatly appreciated. Until next time, we pray you will keep the faith, spread the hope, and live the love. Bye.